0: And welcome to the latest edition of the Forever Blue podcast, as ever hosted by me, Ian Cheeseman, and with three guests to join me to discuss all things Man City. Some people call us Man City. Some people call us City. I prefer to say. Manchester City but there you go if you don't know who Man City is it's Manchester City because we get a lot of people listening all around the world new fans and you're very very welcome to listen to the podcast really appreciate your comments Uh, lots of positivity out there which I really appreciate hopefully you watch the uh, the YouTube vlogs that I do as well now this podcast is an audio podcast of course occasionally we put little bits of it up on YouTube but it is ostensibly an audio podcast and it is sponsored by Howard Solicitors who are based in the Manchester and Cheshire area. They have offices throughout Greater Manchester. They specialise in areas of law that affect the individual. So it's likely that if you need some help or guidance, then they'll have somebody who can help you. You can call call them on 0161 872 9999. Obviously, you can stop the recording and listen to that number if you want it specifically, or law at howardsolicitors.com. Have a look at the website, howardsolicitors.com. Now, the, the three uh, people who are with me today are uh, Toby, who is a regular contributor. It's becoming a regular contributor to the vlog and the podcast. We've got uh, Tony, who is uh, also somebody I've been working with for uh, quite a long time and various different thing, projects that we've worked on. And we have one of the, the great managers of Manchester City. And I say that without any hint of irony, one of my absolute favourites, attack-minded, a gentleman. I can't say enough good things about Brian Horton, um, who is is with us as well. And by the way, who's going around all the supporters' clubs at the moment, um, talking to them in his own time. You know, you you know what he's like. He, uh, everybody's friend. I know he's out as well tonight, as we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. So Brian, thanks very much for finding a little window to talk to us in. And I'm guessing you, you'll be telling everybody about your brilliant
1: book, will you? <laughs> yeah, it's going well, Cheezy. Thanks for the plug there. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying. I'm going around uh, a, a lot of the city supporters' clubs in Walsall last week. I'm doing Cheadle tonight, and uh, it, it's great. It, it, you know, the fans treat me absolutely fantastically, and exactly what you just said. love my attacking football. I don't get any grief often because as managers, we generally get a bit of grief no matter what you've done in a, in a club. Um, but. You know, they're all a special place in my heart, Man City, you know that. And they look after us great when we go. We saw you there yesterday and I just love watching them play. Um, I went to Port Vale on the opening Saturday. That was a Saturday before the Premier League started. They invited me down and did the same. And um, I just enjoy going to games and meeting new guys and watching football. The Vale won on that day. City were magnificent again yesterday. I mean, it was worth going just to see De Bruyne's goal, Won it? So um, I just I just love the people, uh, Cheesy and the fans and, and the football club.
0: Absolutely, and you'll always be welcome, I'm sure, at every single City supporters club. I can't, I've never heard anybody say a bad word against you, Brian, honestly. And on heart, you, you are one of the most popular figures around. Um, you say you were at the game yesterday, so I'm going to ask the other two guys in a moment what they thought of it, but do you want to give us your managerial Analysis because we're starting to see a different way that City play now, aren't we?
1: Well, they will obviously with Ireland up front, won't they? And, they? and you know, I've looked at the match of the day today and the pundits, and you know, saying he only touched the ball eight or nine times. But I mean, he's so close to getting a couple of goals, one he'd to whisk it off. And, and, and Foden should have squared it for him. And Foden normally does that, he normally picks people out in that situation. Ireland went mad, didn't he? Which is quite right, um, you know, because he should have squared it, uh, but. They're just playing some fantastic football. I feel that what happens to most of the clubs, they go to Man City and they think, right, we're going to put 10 men behind the ball. We're going to wait for maybe score off a corner or a breakaway, which a few teams, Wolves did it quite well for for two years, didn't they? Where they broke and, and, and hit them on the break. But how often... So yesterday, from minute one, they just sit back, edge of the box. There's no space for Ireland to go behind. So he's not going to have the space like he did against West Ham. So they make it obviously difficult, as difficult as it can. But as soon as they get the goal and they win one, two, three. And as I said, De Bruyne was a, was a fantastic goal, wasn't it? And uh, the football is just magnificent to watch. Uh, I just love watching them play. Uh, and De Bruyne is my favourite player by a mile. As a midfield player myself, I look at him and think, wow, you know, he's passing range and he's crossing page. But, but uh, um, he's crossing, sorry. And, and it, not just that, he seems a top guy. You know, we never see him ranting and raving and, 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 and complaining. He gets on with it. If he's tackled, he gets on with it. And he's just, um, he's just an all-round uh, fantastic player.
0: There is a sort of, it feels to me anyways, if there's a little bit of resignation in some of the middle to lower Premier League table managers. Scott Parkey is today, you know, having had a, a great start with Bournemouth on the opening day, you know, said after the game, you know, that his team didn't do badly and you can't expect to get anything at Manchester City. That obviously goes in City's favour if managers have that approach. Do you think if you were an opposing manager, Brian, you would understand that and think the same way? Or do you think you
1: would think you could get something from City? Well, I, I, I never set out that way. I, I, I played four four two or four four three with Nicky Summer being bigs wide and whatever. And... Uh, I never set a, a team out to go and say, right, we're just going to sit on the edge of our box and, and, and try and hold them out for 90, 94 minutes, whatever, 95 minutes. And I was fortunate, I think, in that way, because Gordon Lee, not so much because of Port Vale, we were, we were a team made up of non-league players and free transfer players uh, and had a fantastic spe- a team spirit, but we never went out and did what they did yesterday. So very lucky with Alan Mulrie at Brighton, who's a, a, a top-class, world-class player, uh, play England and Tottenham and Fulham, and uh, he never set he never set us up. I was there three years with him, and obviously we, we went uh, seventy six to eighty one. Sorry, uh, five years. So from in that time we got promotion, missed out promotion, got promotion to the top league, and he never set us up. Whether we're playing Arsenal, who were probably the best side around at that time, to go out and play right, we're going to sit behind the ball and not have a go. We went and had a go. We got beat. We got beat on the opening Saturday, first ever game, cheesy for Brighton's history. At the Goldstone, we're thirty-four thousand on there, and we're playing Arsenal, and we set out to have a go at them. We got beat 4 0 So welcome to the big, but welcome to the big boys. So that was our first game ever in the in the top flight, but we had a go. We didn't come off thinking, oh gosh, why didn't we have a go at them? And what we had a go, and and they scored four. You know, David Pleat, D- David's just a football football nut, as we all are, and he's just a football purist that would never have allowed us to go and play like that yesterday. So I'm having a bit of maybe a pop at Scott Parker by saying I wouldn't have put my team out to, to do that coming to Man City. I'd rather come off losing 4-0 and I've had a go. and I've had six or seven shots in the keepers. I think he's had one shot to save. And we've had, a, we've had a go. And I'm sure some of the players must think that at times, think, what have I done today? All I've done is chase the ball. Well, that's what you do against Man City, obviously, because that's what they do to better teams than Bournemouth. And, and that, that will always be the case.
0: We'll come back to the City game against Bournemouth in a second with the two guys. I promise you guys, <laughs> we'll ask you about it in a moment. But I just wondering, I know this is a City podcast, but you know we've seen what happened to United uh, yesterday at Brentford, and we've just been talking about. The, the smaller teams with the smaller budgets and I know that, that Sky or BT or whichever channel it was were doing this thing of emphasising how much the United squad was, how much the Brentford squad was. But as a as a manager and a player, could you always sense that sort of blood in the water like sharks do, you know, when the prey is vulnerable? And, you, and that, that Brentford yesterday would think, you know what, we're not just playing a big club here where we've got to be scared. We can actually go for it and beat
1: them. Can you sense that? Did you sense yeah. that? Yeah, of course. And and uh, I, I watched the game on on much of the day, and um, what they did, they pressed him from the front, didn't they? Straight away, and they got the goal out of it. They got a couple of goals where Man United are passing out from the back to Gaer into midfield or, or on the edge of his box. Brentford Brentford didn't allow them. That's what they did. Bournemouth didn't do that. Bournemouth went right, bang, straight away, five across the back, four across the middle, one striker. So it was a totally different uh, tactic. And credit to the Brentford manager for being strong enough because no one, although after the first game against Brighton, which I was obviously delighted with Man United, because Brighton beating them, that uh, they, they would set up like that or be as bad as that. But credit to Brentford. In my, they, they set their stall out not to let them play at all. And it was like, right? We're, we're, we're like you said, the sense of blood and we're going for it. And well played to them for doing that. And then second off, obviously, you know, the four up, they're, they're going to defend it a little bit because, of course, they are. Um, it was a fantastic win, and tactics, tactics come into it still massively. And, and I'm watching, I'm watching, um, Harlan yesterday, and he started the press from the front, and I can always remember with Pep saying about Aguero that he, that's what he wanted to do, that he wasn't doing, and he left him out of the team because he wasn't doing it. So yesterday. The, the formation they played, uh, Harland was the first one on whatever side to go to to, to the to the man who got the ball uh, about 20 yards from their own, own goal line. So he was the first one. So then it was like, then the next one, then the next one, the next one, and that perhaps, you know, obviously he had that six-second rule, didn't he, about getting the ball back and this is what he wants. This is what they, uh, everybody talks about Man City being absolutely wonderful on the ball, but w- what they do um through the through the team, through through the forwards and through the midfield players and the fullbacks, where they have to go quickly and go and close down, they are the best at it. So it's not just about their attacking prowess, at Man City. That you know, Pep has them doing the, the other side of the game as well. You see him shouting at uh, at Grealish, at Foden, you know, go and close down. And this is this is what makes him such a good team. Absolutely
0: right. Well, okay, let's hear from Toby and Tony then which obviously could get a bit confusing with the two names being fairly similar. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, you've heard the experience there of, of Brian, who's been a manager and a player who's, you know, hundreds and th- over a thousand matches and everything like that. You've heard what he's got to say. We, me, I include myself in this. We're just fans. We're just ordinary fans. But Toby, what, what did you learn from that, that game
2: yesterday? Uh, as Jay it was fantastic to watch. It was from, from minute one, you could see that we were, we were, we were taking it to them. I mean, like, like we always do, but this season, I mean, maybe not so much in the community shield, but last week at West Ham and then obviously yesterday as well, you can see that we're, that now over the past two years, we've been playing, you know, essentially without a man, it's a, essentially without a vital position, we've been playing with a false line instead of a striker and we've really missed that. And, You know, to a certain extent, you could teams would be able to set up against us, knowing that we were going to try and walk the ball in the back of the net. But now we've got that point man, Harlan, in there, and 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 as Brian mentioned, you know, he didn't get many touches, didn't get many passes. I think it was only two passes yesterday. One was the assist, and one was from the kickoff. But I mean, you could see how we're going to now set up to play, and and that and that second goal just epitomised all of it. You know, Harlan attracted so many. I think it was about three. Bournemouth defenders to him they sort of forgot about De Bruyne at the point he went, okay thank you very much little shimmy and put it on the outside of the boot into the net and it just adds a completely another dimension to the way we play and we can cross the ball now we can we can try and put it into the point man I think I can't remember who put it over sort of over the top and Haaland got a bad touch but if he got a better touch he'd be in and you know what he's like with the finish I mean again West Ham last week it, when he went on in that second goal it was you, can, you knew he was going to score before he even put it in So I think it adds a whole nother level to our game. And I think it makes us so much more unpredictable now. Um, And it's going to be very, very exciting to see over the next few weeks, over the the whole season.
0: Apart from the obvious two then, Toby, of Kevin De Bruyne and Harlan. Was anybody else stood out for you?
2: Uh, Ake this season I think towards the end of last season was absolutely sensational this season he was one of the best players in the Community Shield for me in a very disappointing game West Ham last week brilliant you can see he's kept that place very very well and that's not an easy place to keep I know that Laporte's injured at the moment but Stones is not an easy man he had he had some run of form with, with Diaz over the last two seasons so that's not an easy position to keep Gundogan had a great game yesterday as well getting himself the goal I, I'm, I'm a little bit unsure about Foden still I think I, I I think he's a little bit inconsistent. He wasn't amazing yesterday. He should have squared it to Haaland, but he's learning. He's developing. Um, and then I mean, Bernardo came on, had a good game. Cancelo had a great game as well. He was he was the one who I think he crossed it in. Um for the own goal um and uh, uh, where I was sitting, it looked like Bernardo had tapped it in, but it was an own goal. And so, but there's so many, you you could pinpoint all of our players and say they had a great game because they, they it's, that's what the great thing about this is. We don't, we don't just have one or two point men. Yes, we now have Haaland and we've had the Bruyne to rely on, but it's a team and it's, it's, you know, there's not, necessarily one focal point in terms of this is the player you know who's always going to turn up every week we've got a team of players and then yes there are the likes of the De Bruyne and the Now Harlands that could go and nick us that goal when we need it.
0: Johnny you've obviously listened to two very elo- eloquent speakers tough acts to follow uh, what, what do you want to add from what you've seen?
3: Oh I might as well go home now um, no I've had very good from both, both of, uh, Toby and uh, Brian there Um what I mentioned um, when I was on last time, and I kind of noticed the start of it when uh, within the uh, Charity Shield game or Community Shield game was this kind of inverted fullbacks. Um, and I think that in the uh, Ch- uh, Community Shield, we played with two uh, inverted fullbacks, um, which then obviously throws out from a, uh, an, a um, an, an opposition's uh, point of view. And yesterday, we just had the one uh, that was inverted and it must be so difficult because if you're going to pack your midfield which a lot of teams would do against us in order to stop our main play, playmakers in there but when you're throwing a fullback in there that can be like a midfielder and is really good on the ball um, it just totally changes everything I think um, the focal point that we've got with Haaland I think in games um, when it's needed and when we've struggled to get the odd goal here and there I think he will come to the fore. And I think that's the idea behind it. I don't think we changed too much in terms of the way that we move the ball around. And it was interesting that, that obviously that the goals, you know, you'd have probably put your mortgage on uh, Harlan scoring the, one of the goals yesterday. And like you say, Foden squares it and he, and he does. But that never happened. But it didn't deter the way that we play. We didn't totally focus on a centre-forward. And in fact, the link play, uh, for the first goal um haaland played his part in that so i think haaland has to change his games and he's doing that he will always want to make that run behind but as brian said they, they were really compact so that made it difficult so we had to sort of come he had to come come to the ball as it were and he was able to spin off and that's how was he got his goals uh, against West Ham. So um for me there was lots and lots of pluses uh, and it wasn't just about Haaland it was kind of same old city
0: it's interesting that you mentioned the inverted wingers. I thought Oleg Zinchenko was doing that quite a lot for City and was, was quite a big loss in that sense, which brings me on to the, the subject of, of these players going. And actually, Brian, I'll have a great perspective on this as a as a manager because you've managed different types of players, some, I guess, with egos. some with humility, some superstars, some not-so-superstars. Uh, Pep's got these tremendous players and he's let Gabriel Jesus go to Arsenal, who seems to have started you know, fantastically well, maybe given the freedom to play more in the middle. Zinchenko looks good. Um, I mean, how difficult it is, it's not so much whether they should have gone because they wanted to play more game time. But when you're trying to manage a squad in the way that Pep's doing it, keeping everybody happy 60 games over the course of the season they might only play 30 35 how difficult is that and, and how much you admire him or or perhaps even think you wouldn't want to be in his position to, to have to to manage that what was your take on it Brian? well
1: you have to you have to have that streak don't you as a manager and knowing that pep you know he speaks so highly of, of all the players of the three players who had gone sterling uh, one year left of his contract uh, Zizi, one year left for his contract, I believe. Uh, Sinchenko, I think the same. So, if there's only one year left, all of a sudden it t- changes the picture dramatically. Where I think, well, do they like Pogba's done, uh, let the contract run out and they walk away for nothing, or do they bite the bullet and take 60 million, 50 million, and 30 million, whatever they've taken for those three players? Um, they bought Al- Alvarez in who looks a fantastic player, young player. So, that's for the future as well. A little, a little bit, I think. But he looks a talent. Um, so, you have to make those decisions. You can't keep everybody happy, no. It's very hard. You know, you mentioned there, uh, Stones was on the bench again yesterday. I don't know how fit he is because he'd been, he'd been injured. But I thought Aki was, uh, although he didn't have much to defend to do, but what he had to do. And sometimes that is, that is harder. When you're doing nothing as a defender, because you can lose concentration and you don't do it right. He did everything spot on yesterday, and 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 the, the other centre back Diaz is is is, is a top player. He is one of the top centre offers in the world, without shadow of a doubt. Um, so yeah, it is hard to keep him happy, um, and somebody will always come back and bite you in the bum, won't they? Like you know, at the moment, Jesus is he's scoring goals for fun, making goals. Looks like he's enjoying it because he's going to be uh, the number one striker and he's going to play nearly all the games. So you, you can understand both parties being you know the way they are with it but it's sometimes it's out to the managers and sometimes now with, with you know with, with Tiki obviously doing a lot lots of fantastic business they've done and some of the younger players they bring them in and they're, they're, they're loaning them out straight away for the future and they have got some great kids for the future um, again which they have to think about and um, it's nice to some of the see some of the youngsters on the bench yesterday which which hopefully they will through the season and you know and with a with number of substitutes can go on now. They, they will get a bit uh, of game time. I mean, yesterday, what do you do? So he takes Holland off because you win it 4 0. Take him off. De Bruyne, did De Bruyne come off?
0: Uh, you and I were both, we we're all probably at the game, and I'm,
1: I'm trying to think, I think he did, you know. I think, well, yeah. I mean, so I, I, I'm thinking in my own I'll oh, get De Bruyne off, get De Bruyne off. Do you know what I mean? Because he's done his job, he's so good. Um, next game coming. And uh, it's difficult, but they they have done fantastic in the transfer business, haven't they? Um, The older midfield player, Rodri. Now, Rodri had a he he had a hard hard start. He's following Fernandino, in one of my favourite players of all time for Man City. You know, I played in that role when when I was at Luton. That older midfield player, and it's a great role. And uh, he he was one of the best in the world. I think now Rodri's now got a in while he was still there. Try and force the issue to say oh, I'm the one because that's the way they play with that one only midfield player. And he's just come to a different level. I mean, he hit that, he hit that shot yesterday, and then it was just wide. And he's, he's looking capable now of, of scoring more goals. He, he's just full of confidence and he's playing like a top, top player now.
0: So when I think back to, I think probably Kevin DeBroni was replaced by Bernardo. So I'll come to Bernardo on that subject with Brian in a second. But uh, Toby and Tony, I mean, how important is Bernardo Silva to you two? I mean, I, I don't know which one of you wants to start on that one, but let's let's get Tony start because he had to follow Toby last time. So, so you know, Bernardo Silva is is a key player. He's not a player I want to see leave City.
3: No, and it, I, it'll be interesting, really, because obviously I think the more, um, you know, these weeks go on and obviously before the transfer window ends, we keep seeing more and more reports that, that Barcelona are, are moving hell on earth to to obviously pull him in by releasing various players or or whatever they do in order to uh, buy these players. Which again is, is is it's amazing how a club like this can suddenly turn around as they were, as they were before. Uh, and there are still certain players that have actually not been registered to play. So how they do it, I, I don't know. But um, of course, I mean Bernardo is integral. Um, but having said that. Um, Pep has always been um fair to the players that when an opportunity like this comes along and I I still say that Barcelona Real Madrid are the clubs that that I would expect um most players if they've had an interest from them that they would go and I think that's that's mainly been the case I just think there are two they are two iconic clubs that, that I don't think you can turn your back on to be honest so um he goes, he goes with uh, the greatest respect and thank you very much for, for what you've done. Um, and then we, we find somebody else if we've not actually got somebody
0: all lined up. You seem resigned to it, Tony. I, I think he'll go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do. I mean, we saw the, the body language yesterday again. You know, we're all become amateur body language uh, <laughs> viewers and it, it, the crowd reacted when he came on. The crowd reacted by singing the Bernardo Silver song over and over again, and seemed to gather momentum as it went round the stadium. Uh, and you could see he was visually, you know, moved by that. And in fact, he's he's put a tweet out during the day today thanking people for doing that. Um, and and I have just written a column actually. I write a weekly column in the same side reporter and Glossop Chronicle a City column. And I wrote in the column that um, you know. M- I remember back to when Joe Royal was at Oldham Athletic and he seemed to be on the verge of coming to Manchester City. And I think, if I remember right, there was a Friday night game that Oldham played and the Oldham fans were sort of basically telling Joe how much they loved him and how much they didn't want him to go. And he changed his mind. Now, I know he ended up at City later on in his career, career, but he did change his mind. And also, I also reminded people of the Kaka story when he was at Milan and, uh, you know, that he was on the balcony, I think, I remember rightly, of his of his home in Milan, and all the fans gathered just outside and were shouting, "Don't go, Caca," and all this, and he didn't go either. Yeah. So you're just wondering in the back of your mind that having I mean, watched that response from the City fans yesterday, whether Bernardo looks at that and thinks, you know, yes, it'd be nice to go and play in the sunshine at Barcelona and play the when wear the shirt that Messi wore and and Cruyff and and all these great players down the years. And Pep Guardiola, of course, you know, but does he think, you know what, the way the fans reacted, maybe I changed your mind? What do you think? Because you were the sceptical one, Tony. I'm not so
3: much sceptical. I just think there comes a point in in your career when you get an opportunity like this to come along. And irrespective of what you've done and what he's done has been fantastic. So that's not going to be tainted in any way. But I just think that, that these sort of things happen and there's never a right time for them. And I think he's been open and honest, you know, from what I'm hearing in regards to some of the reports that are coming out. So he's not hid the fact that that that's where he wants to go. So I I think it's a
2: pretty much a done deal, to be honest. Toby? I don't know. It's a difficult one. I mean, whatever he does, I'm the same as Tony, whatever, whatever he does, I have the utmost respect for him. He's done so much for this club. I think he's probably over the time he's been with us, he's been one of the most underrated players in our entire squad. Uh, he's done things I mean you, you know it, it, last season proved it where he was just so good so consistent I think I think he was the one who ran the most last season I think if I've got my stats right there he was he ran the most out of any player in our in our in our in our, in our squad and he probably was up there in terms of the, the whole Premier League last season I just don't get I, I personally I don't think he will go um, I, I'll disagree with Tony there a little bit <laughs> but I, I don't get the attraction with going to Barcelona anymore I mean I, I get it I get it in terms of yes it's you know as you say and it's the short that the shirt that Messi wore and it's this great big club but you, you must sit there as, as Bernardo been silver and, and look at it and go well they haven't they haven't paid the young 17 million pound reportedly 17 million pounds in wages they're struggling to register the only reason why they've been able to register these players that they signed over the summer is because they sold 24.5 percent of their media business or, or whatever it is and so i sit here now as a player and i go well i could leave this stable club where i know i'm going to get paid every week where i know i'm going to get a game pretty much every single week yes okay ironic because it didn't start yesterday but they all the players know the score you know that they, they know that they're going to get rotated but they know that we're going to play at least probably 60 games a season between 55 and 60 games a season. So they're going to get, you know, the lion's share of that if they're playing well. So why I just don't understand the attraction of going to a club like Barcelona now, a club that ultimately, if they don't perform now, where are they going to be? Because they've gambled everything on the fact that they're going to play well. And it's, they gambled it. Okay. Yeah. Pep is Pep. Pep came from Barcelona. He's doing a very similar thing to, to what Xavi is now doing, but you know, it's it's a risk. And, and so you sit there and you go, if you've been in one season time, are Barcelona going to be in the position? Are they going to be in the Champions League? Whereas you sit there with City and go, well, you can be pretty assured that we'll be in the Champions League. We're definitely in this season. We're, we're pretty sure there'll be in next season as well. And the season after, we, you know, we go pretty much to, to, to at least the semi-final of every competition and, why would you leave? I don't, especially for Barcelona. I I don't understand it. I got it last season. He wasn't getting the game time. He was underappreciated. But now, as you're saying, he came on the pitch yesterday, and that's the biggest roar of the afternoon that he got.
0: Very true and very astute observations, um, Brian. You're the manager now. You Pep. You've just replaced him, and Bernardo uh, comes to you and says, "You know what? I, I love playing here. I love you, Pep." But I've always wanted to go back. To, I've always wanted to play in Barcelona. Or I want to get near my family or whatever it is that he's saying. Presumably, based on Toby's comment, it's not about game time. It's maybe about the, the warmer climate, the language, the family. I, I don't know what it is because he hasn't explained that. And you, as the new manager, Brian, uh, well, let's imagine you are pet you said to him, you know what, I, I love you to bits. I want you to... St-. This is the quote that Pep gave me on Friday at the press conference. Um, 110% I want you to stay. But if you want to go, I don't want you to be unhappy. Do you, as, as Brian Guardiola, let's call you that now,
1: do you, do you let him go with your blessing or do you, do you hang on to him whatever it takes? I would... Absolutely, hang on to him, whatever it takes. Uh, they're told that it's only I can only go on what I read in the press. I don't, I'm not close to uh Dickie or Pep to have this information. I would love to have the information, by the way, but um, I guess they would love him to stay. And they're talking about giving him a new contract, which he deserves. If he's only got again, how long's he got left? He's only got a year left, and talking. Uh, what they're talking, 60 million? Have Boston Barcelona only got 60 million? The lads are just saying there, eh, have they got 60 million? They're having to sell this, sell that. They bought Lewandowski who's 35, 36. Are they going to be like they were in the past? I, I No, I, I agree with the boys. I, they're not. They're not the same team as they were years ago. So I would, I would be trying my best as a manager to get him to sign a new contract and give him not what he wants, but you know, the boys are getting pretty good money at the moment, aren't they? When you read about what they're coming for and what they're earning, and quite rightly, they deserve it. All the top players, if they're top players in the world, they deserve it. Um, top musicians get it, top actors get it. And if they're the top people like De Bruyne, as I sort of say, they, they deserve it. But I would, I, would be, I would love him to stay. I agree with the boys, he's a fantastic footballer. And some of the stuff he did last year to help uh, City win the title, um, it be hard to replace would be very, very hard to moment. I him at the moment. He's playing out of his boots. You know, and you know why? Because he's sitting on a bench thinking, well, if I don't perform, I am going to be out because he'll be back in. And and that's like, I suppose, for I would probably say um uh, three or four of them that are almost certain to going to play every week, aren't they? Because that's what that's the stature of those players that they are world, world class players. So yeah, in in my opinion, I would I would love to keep him.
0: You know, I know you're not an insider, Brian, and even if you are, you wouldn't tell us. <laughs> but you, I, don't, I know you're not an insider. But do you read the fact that Bernardo didn't start the West Ham game, didn't start the, the game against Bournemouth, as to mean that Pep is almost accepting that he's going and he doesn't want him to get injured and he just wants to play him sporadically? Or are oh, we reading too much into that, do you think?
1: I don't know because yesterday. You know it was a great win at West Ham, and yesterday he, he left Grealish out and, and brought Maros back in. Uh, a little bit surprised by that, but who am I again to question what Pep does? And then Grealish comes on, and, and they look great again, didn't he? Had a hand in the, in the fourth goal, and uh, I still think Grealish will come through. I think Foden yeah, at yeah, times he's a young boy. Foden, how old is he? 2021? 20, he's gonna be, uh, you know, not, not at it every, every week, but he scored again yesterday or might you know quite a little bit fluky goal but he he's going to be a tremendous player and i, I would try and that that team now collectively with what you see on on the bench and everything will take some beating by by anybody this season they are they they, they look like they've got the, they've got the bit between the teeth and um i i didn't count the the, the community shield uh, and and I, I don't think um City would like to win. Of course, they would have liked to win every trophy, but they've been away abroad. You don't know how many games they played. You don't know how how the training's gone because they were out in America, weren't they? You know, so there's that many things that go... Why maybe Bernardo Silva hasn't started the next two games. So next game, will he start? I don't know. Where do you put it? Where do you put him in? It's it's fact. Uh, But I'll just go back again. I would do my utmost best to say to Tiki, get, get him re-signed
0: just want to explore your thoughts about him a little bit more because you mentioned Fernandinho as being an absolute sort of hero, if you like, of yours. Uh, We've heard Pep and other people saying that Fernandinho was brilliant in the dressing room. It wasn't just what he did on the pitch. That he, you know, we'll come on to Gundogan being named captain in a moment. But, you know, Fernandinho was sort of seems to me anyway to have been a bit of a gel in the dressing room. And it also feels to me, but again, I'm an outsider, a complete outsider these days, that Bernardo is that steadying influence as well. How important is it? I mean you must have had somebody in your dressing room when you were city manager, when you were a manager at any of your other clubs, that you Absolutely. Whether they had a great game or not, whether they were the, the best player in the team every week or not, they just had to be in your squad, had to be in your team because of the other things that they bring to it. Is that what you admired about Fernandinho? Was that
1: part of it? And is that what you admire about Bernardo? Massive part. And and captains are vital, you know, and they... they, they... They do things sometimes behind the manager's back. I was captain all through, all, all my life, wherever I was, uh, Paul Vale, Brighton, Luton, and, and and I used to be given carte blanche. Alan Murray, particularly, who was a great captain, by the way, for England and everything. And he used to say to me, "Out there, you are you are the manager. If you want to make a change in that game, you see something happening, and you want to make a change. I will back you one hundred percent." So say the left back's going out too easy, and I push somebody tighter over there, and I, I do that, and 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 you you back the captain, and captains generally have great respect from the other players and Fernandino had that, didn't he? Without a shadow of doubt, not just because he was, he wasn't always the best player every week, but he was solid. You would you would say, you guarantee eight out of ten every week with Fernandino. Every week. And then maybe nine, but very, very rarely would Fernandino throw a four and a five in. He didn't, he was so uh, but, and then, then you had David Silva, didn't you? I mean, we're talking here about world-class players that set their own standards, like De Bruyne does, like uh, I think the majority of the Man City first team do, they set the standards. Pep obviously sets the standards because he buys them, he does the shape, he does the team, he does the, the team, the way they're going to play, the tactics and everything. But but you need people out there to, to lead them. I.e. maybe maybe he would have given Foden a rollick in yesterday for not, not pulling it back as I would. As a captain, but sometimes then you say, Well, I've done that as a young lad, he's learning, so you don't want to knock him down. It's special being a, a captain and leader. So if Pep said that about him, and I, I can see that because I could, I used, to, I, I used to just watch him, what he did, because he, sometimes you didn't notice what he was doing when he was just playing that old role, midfield player, just in front of the back four. But he, he was one of the best in the world at it. And uh, as I say, Rodri now, Maybe because Fernandino's gone and now he's got that place, he knows that's, that's his for this present time. Unless he, unless he doesn't start, before, unless he stops before. very, very quickly, I would say probably over the last 12 months, gone very, very quickly to to some some fantastic level.
0: In the two now, let's, let's ask you about Gundogan. He's been named as skipper. Um, told me, has that surprised you that, that Ilkai Gundogan... I mean, Pep said at the press conference before. I think it was before the Liverpool game, I get mixed up, but certainly said at one of the press conferences, when asked directly about captaincy, he said, I don't pick the captain, the players pick the captain. They have a vote among themselves and um, they haven't had the vote yet. This is when, when he was talking in that press conference. They now have had the vote. And Ilkay Gundogan himself has said on social media today, he's very proud to take over the captaincy. And they've done the pecking order. And I think Kevin De Bruyne might be second and other players come, I think might be Ruben Diaz third. When you saw that uh, Ilkay Gundogan had been named skipper, what was your reaction?
2: Is that the right decision? I wasn't surprised. I think it's the right decision. I think you can see that he's, he's a, he, he was, pet, I think he was Pep's first signing, if I'm not mistaken. Um, when he first came, one of them, definitely when he, when he first came in, he was, you know, he he's, he's been in a very integral part and, you know, you saw it at Aston, against Aston Villa last season, he won us the league and it was all that great moment, fantastic. And, and, you know, it's almost fitting that he scored the last home goal of last season and the first home home goal this season, carry it on nothing to do with the captaincy that of course, but you, you can see that, that, that it, that it, it definitely motivates the squad, um. I like, I've always liked, we, we know that Pep does these votes for who the captain is. I liked Fernandinho as him as a captain. I loved him as a player. I'm absolutely with Brian. I mean, he's one of our most consistent players. He'd be a be week in, week out. He was amazing. And for Rodri, just as on a side note, to come in and do what he's done with the pressure of replacing Fernandinho is amazing as well but yeah you, you can see i think it's the right decision to, to let the players decide because ultimately they're the ones on the pitch together the manager they can't change you know that's and we, we wouldn't change pep for the world um, so it's i think it's good to have to have that that leader inside the dressing room who is the one ultimately that 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 is the one that needs to motivate them you know when we're 1-0 down when, when we need someone to really pull us through i think it was last well, i think it was last season Although no, the season before, um, when we played PSG in the group, I don't know if any of you watched the um, watched the together, the documentary that, that City did, but he spoke in the dressing room. I think it was the PSG away game. And you can tell he has a massive influence over that dressing room. And the way he speaks is so powerful. And so you, you could tell they all listen to him. I have no doubt in my mind that Ruben Diaz will be our future captain. And I think that's the right decision. But for now the experience and the time that, that ilkai has been there, I think he's the right captain.
0: What about you, Tony?
3: I couldn't really disagree with Toby there, uh, to be honest. Not that I was trying to, by the way, Toby, but um, I couldn't really disagree, to be honest. I think, also, I think that Gundogan, um, just by the last few appearances, I actually think he's going to be playing more games this year than probably he did before. Um, he seems to be playing a, a different role um, I've noticed a few times he's dropping deep like Rodri does to pick the ball up from from defensive, but then obviously he's he's, he's making them run still uh, further forward and the way that he goes in like he did obviously with his goal against Villa last year, um, he, he's again I think he's going to be absolutely integral in the in the team this year. But I do think that Peppers sat him down and said, look, you know you perform like you're you're doing, and you will be in my team week in week out because I want you to do this and I want you to do that. In regards to the team as well, and I think, again, I've alluded to this before, is that Pep is rebuilding the side. It's interesting that the players he's bringing in, I know it's probably obvious in some ways, but he's bringing younger players in now that are replacing, and I think that's maybe typified again. I think Sergio Gomez is looking likely that he's he's going to come in if he's not already here. Um, Tierney, I'm not too sure, from Arsenal might be another option. Again, I don't think he's that that old, is he?
0: Well, just to Uh, stop me there, uh, this is only an explanation, not to stop you flow, so remember what you're up to, Tony. At the press conference on Friday, um, Pep was asked about new signings, and what he said was um, that if nobody goes out, that's it, he's done. So this is including Gomez coming in, Coming and of course he, he reacted to, to Sergio Gomez coming in. He says he goes into his squad, he's part of his squad, um, and that various players like Ake can play in different positions. For, so you feel, and obviously Cancelo can play on the right, there's all, there's all sorts of different ways that they can play at the back, so he has no concerns. He, and, and the way he said it, it was quite categorical, and having watched Pep so much in the last six or seven years, it doesn't feel like he says things, I'm not saying he never does, I mean I'm not naive, but very rarely says things that he doesn't believe and are not true and he seemed quite categorical that there would be no more incomings during this window but then he put the one caveat was unless somebody goes out and of course that means if Bernardo goes or somebody that we're not expecting goes that there may be somebody comes in to, to replace them. So I'm not expecting to see Tierney, who you mentioned, or anybody else come in as a left-sided defender or anything like that. So I'm only explaining that. That's not to slap you down, Tony, but I'm just nope. giving you that information because I heard Pep saying that. So go on, carry on where you're up to. Yeah.
3: No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I do totally get that. Um But like I said, I, I, I think if if Bernardo... Well, I do think Bernardo will go. And I think that we're quite covered in midfield. Um, although I know that Bernardo does the job that he does, but I think we're covered in midfield. So I think that we would need to replace in a different position, and he's obviously identified that, that on the left-hand side is an option where he wants to wants to fill. So I, I don't see I don't see that being a, a major problem and a major distraction to the team. Um, obviously, we would miss Bernardo, of course. But I don't see it's a major distraction to the team. But for me, um, I just think that that the way that we The way that Pep is going on in regards to actually trying to rebuild the side there, I think he's he's definitely got some plans there to, to one, extend his contract. And I think an announcement will come out soon. I I don't doubt that. And it's all about timing. And I think when the time is right, he will announce that. Um, Behind the scenes, it's probably already been agreed. And I think we may have alluded to that in previous uh, talks before. Um, And I think he's excited about being able to... um, regenerate a new team rebuild a new team but still maintain that level of uh the, the you know the top performers we are and the way that we're competing with uh, with all these um in all these other competitions so that that's that for me
0: as an esteemed captain and manager brian um ilki i mean you know you might have thought that it would be uh, Diaz, which uh, Toby's thinking might be the longer-term uh, captain. It might be Kevin De Bruyne just because of the respect he has from his teammates, but he's gone for El Khay Gundu. What, what are your thoughts on that, Brian?
1: Yeah, but you, you just said there. always said the, the, the lad said that the, the players choose him. So if, yeah, if that's true, the, true. If that, no, that's yeah, the, you know you're <laughs> absolutely right.
0: You're right to correct me.
1: Um, yeah, so if that's the case, then the players have have said so that that they. Or what what we don't get, and I still want to go and see him train, because Pep said I could go and see him train one day and see what they train Because you you see in training, and Pep will demand this that they train like they play, and you will see who your captains are in 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 the training sessions. You'll see the leaders. You'll know the leaders. And some some players can't be captains because they they just want to you know concentrate on their own game. They don't want the responsibility of you know, pulling people around and changing something, and uh, which captains have to? They have to be the manager's voice out on the pitch, you know, and sometimes uh, and, and do things what you think is right without getting it from the manager because you're the captain, you're the leader, and that's what that's what quite rightly the boys are saying there, that Fernandino had that respect, and that takes some replacing uh, Cheesy. By the way, that does take a lot of of um, replacing a top captain, but. As you say, if it's Gundogan, if it's De Bruyne, if it's Diaz, if it's uh, whoever. I mean, so, see, last last week, Pep, Pep, Pep threw me a little bit after the West Ham, a West Ham game because it was such a, a good game Holland and got the two goals. And you think he'd go and praise him. Who did he praise? Walker? He said, "Walker, Walker, that's, that's Walker's one of his best games ever for me, for me today." And as you're quite rightly the lads have said before, he played in that you know that role where the full-backs come and play in midfield, and Cancello does a great Walker. Don't always do that. He did it, he did it again yesterday, where they go into midfield and who marks them? Who, who what do they do? Does the midfield player the, the wide player go and, and mark them? now where wingers don't want to be in there, do they? mark in fullbacks. So, um, he, 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 so Pep. Praised Walker. He picked him out. Said, "I thought, I thought he was magnificent today, and that's good management, by the way, isn't it? Because, you know, you can't always play it. Praise fullbacks. You slate they don't, they don't get the headlines, do they? Generally, uh, the goalkeeper might, like the goalkeeper at North Forest today, saved Anderson, saved a penalty, so he'll get, he'll get great. So, Gundogan, does he get the respect that that he deserves? Maybe no." because you don't always see what he does because he, he's a tenacious little player. He's good on the ball. He's a good passer. He's got bags and bags of energy. So if the players have chosen him, they've done it for a reason.
0: So would you have, as manager, let the team pick the, the, the uh, captain or would you have insisted no, as no. manager?
1: No. No, no. I, 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 I always picked a captain who I thought could lead. My say, or I say, say Man City, Keith, girl. Okay, Curly was the was the uh, captain when I came in. He'd been captain other places before, so I, he, I came in. He had the respect of the players. He had my respect. He was a top player. The fans liked him. So, we well, know. But, but in all my career, I, I always chose a captain. I always chose someone because you do have, you do have uh, chats uh, with the captain. You do. It's that's what that's what it's about, really. You know, OK, if I'm not playing at Luton, so David Pleets left me at the side, then then he'd make, I don't know, so some of my players, could David Moss have been a captain? Moss was a fantastic footballer that could probably play in Man City's team. He was such a top footballer. But could he made a captain? Not a... And he would agree with that. Not a chance. Not a chance. He wanted to play his own game. He didn't want to have, have his concentration on what other players are doing. He just wanted to play his own game. Be, be the top player that he was and, and and that. But so so there you go. He was probably the best player or, or one of them. Ricky Hill, David Mosweather. Ricky, captain, no, not in my, too quiet. Great lad, but quiet. So you you want someone that's got a bit of spike about it. So Fernandino definitely had that. And I've seen that. I've witnessed that where he he, he has a go at the players, if so, give the ball away. Never mind the manager having a go. The captain's having a go. And that's, that's where you get your respect, Cheesy. And so when you were a player, did the players ever pick you or were you always picked by the manager? I was always picked by the manager. And the players used to say to me that, that you know, I, I never stopped moaning, I have never stopped, you know, if the player gave the ball away too easily, i have been on to them. And, and what they used to say, they used to say, we waited till you gave the ball away, then bang, we're all at you. Which is, which is, <laughs> which is, which is, which is fine. that's what it's about, isn't it? But for 90 minutes... All I wanted to do was win that game of football and if I've got to give Cheesy a rollicking and the two lads there, if I've got to give them a rollicking, if they give the ball away or don't do something they should be doing, then, then that's what we do for 90 minutes. At Any 90 minutes, which we're used to, they don't so much today, go for a beer and we'd be best of friends. But for that 90 minutes or 95 minutes, I ain't nobody's friend. I want to win that game of football and I want to be like that with my own players against the opposition and even the referee sometimes, that I never really liked anyway. <laughs>
0: Oh well, what what it would have been like to play the a Brian Horton uh, captain the team, eh? You know, he's such a nice guy. He's, he's he's everybody's friend. But being the same team as him, you might not have said that, eh? Um, let me ask you this: as, uh, as as sort of our as we bring the podcast towards a conclusion, uh, I know as as I say we're a, we're a city podcast. Oh, by the way, I should say that in terms of Ilkay and I'll just give my brief opinion. Um, he was born in a place called Gelsenkirchen in Germany, which is where my mum was born so for for City to have a captain who, who was born in the same place as my mum because Gil Gundogan's always been a special player for me for that reason god blimey that isn't half special to me so I've seen some of the things that he he does off the field you know he he's a, you, you've only got to listen to him speak in English wow his English is amazing uh, I was only thinking that last night when I saw him being interviewed, and and he does a lot of selfless things. He goes out into the community, um, and and I admire all that stuff, and and not just PR stuff, not stuff that's been arranged by the club that you find out because they put it all over their social media, but things you hear word of mouth and and stuff, which is far more sort of genuine. So I couldn't hold him on in a higher position. But what I was going to do to sort of bring this one to a conclusion, is, is do something I wouldn't normally do and don't normally do, which is sort of laugh at Manchester United because we're a City podcast and we never mention United, but but here we are. We, we watched City, you know, at one time was struggling and there was a banner up in the Stretford end, you know, how many years it had been since City won a trophy, um, and and uh, two, two matches in, there's, there's the league table, City top, United bottom, and I for one I'm absolutely loving it now. I don't know whether you want to be diplomatic about this, Brian, um, so that you can ingratiate yourself with United fans or the, the clubs to let you go to games and whatnot. But do you te- do you relish this at all? I know you're you're not you know a dyad blue, even though I know how much affection you have. Do you relish what's happening at the
1: moment? Do you see a bit of here or do you just
0: step right back from it? <laughs>
1: I have some five some mates here to go for a beer with the Roman United fans and we have this banter all the time. Um, listen it is what it is, and no one expected them to get beat at Brentford. And I watched the goals, and oh my goodness me, they are they are shocking. That that is a shocking display yesterday, and you can't get away from that. All the pundits have said the same thing. So I'm I'm saying nothing really, which is controversial, or anything like that, or whether I would really want them to be. Of course, I want Man City to beat Man United. Of course, I want City to win the league over them in the Champions League, and we've had to suffer with that quite a quite a while haven't we for, for with Man United fans and and, and and Fergie and whatever. But now obviously the City fans are having a, and, and a, they'll be loving it, won't they? Because that's the nature of the beast, I'm afraid. And you know for, for City to be top of the league and Man United bottom, you'd you'd never guess that in a million years, would you? You know, you 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 would have gone and I, uh, let me tell you this one cheesy and it concerns Man United. How I didn't do the double last week West Ham, City to beat West Ham and Brighton to beat Man United. I will never know. I'm not a great gambling man. And I th- I'd looked at it and I thought, shall I, Sean? And I never did it. Wow, w- w- what am I thinking? So, so of course, I'm pleased. Uh, Brighton had never beaten Man United at, at Old Trafford. The nearest we got, and I scored a goal in the game, free kick against uh, Gary Bailey. We drew 2-2. We were 2-0 up and we were drew 2-2. And they beat us in the replay that's the closest they've ever been in their history. So for Brighton to go with there and win for the first time in the club's history, that gave me a lot more satisfaction than probably yesterday. Do you know what I mean? So if Man United are doing that, so they're, they're in a bit of a mess at the moment, Cheesy. of course, they are. And they know that with the Ronaldo situation going on and how they resolve that. And, you know, with the new players they bought in and wanted to take them off at halftime yesterday. And... Uh, and you must have wow. heard
0: Gary Neville when he was uh, after, ranting after the game and he said old Trafford's crumbling, it's derelict, and you know, and, and I thought this is like music to me ears to hear <laughs> all this. And when you when you were the city manager at Main Road, the shoe was very much on the other foot. And you knew as the city manager that, that city were living in the shadow of United. And it lovely to be where we are now.
1: Absolutely, I love it. I love it and I will, when I see my Man United pals over the uh, next few days and we'll have a beer with them, they will be getting a bit of flack, which they expect, we, we've had to live with flack, haven't we, when they were the top dogs and now, um, and they've got a job, one. they really have got a job, got they've got Liverpool next week, you know, so the game on for them, what do the other boys think about that one?
0: Well, exactly. You're, you're two die-hard City fans, so that's a very different perspective. You're not a manager, you don't have to be diplomatic. Um, Tony, you, you've seen the worst of City, the best of United, and here it is at the moment. Not exactly the worst of United. I mean, we're only two games into a, a league campaign. I saw, I mean, you perhaps were old enough as well, Tony, to watch United go down under Franco Farrell. Um, and I remember that season when they were in the second tier. Um, I was working in the bank at the time and one of my friends in the bank was a United home and awayer and I got him to buy the programmes of all the away United games and he went, what do you want them for? I said, I want to treasure these. I want these in my collection to remind myself of them being in the lower division. Might never happen again. So I absolutely relished it even back then. So I've seen it. Are you relishing it, Tony?
3: I am to I am to the extent that um, I've seen... Obviously, like yourself, or whatever you know, we saw forty odd years of of hurt before we did what we did, and we had little glimpses where we played, um, you know, United in, in the odd season if we weren't bouncing from one division to the other, and it was great in a game for that weekend that we didn't get beat, uh, and if we won, then we had a week of of, of you know of, of, of celebrating that. So, but we've moved on, and I think as a, as a as a club, we've moved on. Um certainly in that in that sense. Um, I think the fans of today and the new fans that have come along. So if we go back, uh, I don't like to say it, but obviously the, the new fans that we've that we've got have probably never seen or they won't have seen United it, as 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 we did, obviously, when they were dominant. So I, I kind of get I get it from that point of view. Um in terms of them going down to the uh, second tier.
0: We're still early days, and obviously that. Oh, I was... didn't that was going to happen this year. Yeah, no, 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 all, no, no, all, no. all I'm getting at is that. Come on, Tony, you must be smiling. You must be. You must be saying to people who've given you jit for years, "What goes around comes around."
3: I, I did. I did for for a while, and then I realised how good we were. That then they're they're, they're, they're quite insignificant in the sense, that in terms of what we're competing for. They're not in the you know they're not in the same conversation. So it's it's a slightly different it's, a, it's slightly different now. Um, they you know in in a round table when we're all talking they have to kind of can I come in here because I don't feel I should be at the party and it's that kind of conversation that you have with these United fans at the moment because we're talking to Liverpool fans we're talking to Chelsea fans we're talking to Arsenal fans even sort of thing. So the United sort of thing is not they're not they're not there. Um, they've got a lot of problems at that club um, and obviously Gary Neville often. Um, talked about them so but yes I'm absolutely delighted that, that obviously we are where we are but in terms of United I really don't really give a stuff
0: to be honest oh, well there you go now Toby's got <laughs> the <laughs> it's still quite a hurtful that one isn't it <laughs> I like that one Toby um, you obviously are a lot younger so um come on give yeah. us your reaction are you going to be as
2: diplomatic as Tony I, I mean I could do a whole hour on this to be honest um no I, look, I'm, I'm not I'm nowhere near old enough to, to remember I, I've, I've lived the good days as a city fan. My dad's my dad's the one who, who lived the, the, the worst of it. He's been a city fan for for almost 60 years now. Um, and he's lived the worst of it. He's lived the, 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 the constant just battering by United fans and and so of course it's lovely and and you know even even as a city fan who's watched us in the good days, you know it, it's so so great. it really is. You know, they are woeful, and Tony's right. They're not in the same conversation as us anymore. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to laugh at them. Um, you know, they were saying, and we had a obviously when I'm not at uni, I go to Manchester. go you to know, uni, Manchester. When I'm not at uni, I live down in the south, and and so it's a lovely long drive. But for the, I think it was probably one of the shortest drives of I've ever had because for most of it, I was listening to Manchester United getting battered four um, nil. <laughs> So it was, it was fantastic, and they they said a stat on the radio, and it was just brilliant. It was the last time a Manchester United manager lost their first two games of a league season; they got relegated. So I'm loving that. If they if that happens, well, not gonna happen. I mean, it is not gonna happen. But if it was to, it's just fantastic. Just now to see where we are, to see where the club has progressed. You know, to think it's ten years. You know, we we talked about it. I mean, at the end of last season, ten years since Sergio scored that that goal that changed everything, that that stopped us being the noisy neighbours, you know, and, and to think how much success we've had and to think how far United have fallen, you know, every single team must, if you're a Premier League team now, you talk about Scott Parker coming into the game and thinking, well, if, you know, if we can, if we can get a result, then great, but actually, you know, this isn't where we're thinking. Whereas to get the contrast of Man United, now every single Premier League team, you must look at that result at Brentford and go, well, all we have to do is give them a press because they're going to try and play out the bat. They can't play out the bat. bat, They're awful. They'll make a mistake and we'll we'll get them. And and they made four mistakes and they conceded four goals. Brentford, you know, they they didn't have that many. I mean, I, I, I don't know the full stats, but they didn't have, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a domination by Brentford, but in in the whole united thing what i will do is give credit to to, to them because um thomas frank is an incredible manager and and they are an incredible side i'm a big big fan of of them and him and they they pulled out an amazing performance yesterday um but i've said liverpool have now sorry man united have now got a horrible horrible task um ahead of them and they're you know that there's talk of them boycotting the stadium and all this sorts and uh, just crazy stuff but it's 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 all right for United fans because they'll play Liverpool and then after they got Southampton, which I think is a relegation six-pointer. Um, but yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's um, it's great to see. I'm re- I'm enjoying every single second of it. And if we, you know, uh, and we're just loving it. Whether we go and you know, I've had two heartbreaks in the Champions. League. I went to Porto to watch the final. I went to Madrid and both times. But the two that those were my first two European away days. By the way, I'm I probably I think people are starting to say never go to European away day again to me, but. You know, I, and that was heartbreak. But, I, you know, even even with that side of all that, watching United lose and, and be this bad and, and, and the way they're losing is just it's just fantastic. And, and people sit there and say, and look at our transfer business and go, well, how can you spend this much money and not win the Champions League? Where well, you sort of go turn around to United and go, well, how can you spend this much money and lose the first two games of the season? And most importantly, 4-0 to Brentford. It's just incredible
0: we of course play uh, brentford on the last day of the season let's hope that's not a crucial game um i don't want
2: to look back on this on shame to be honest <laughs>
0: Uh, Toby and Tony, thanks very much. I've got one more question to ask Brian, but just quickly say thank you once again to Howard Solicitors in Stockport, Ashton and Cheshire, who specialise in family law. So if you're going through a separation or having problems with access to your children or with social services, then give them a call, 0161 872 9999 or email law at solicitors.com I know you're out and about uh, going around the supporters clubs at the moment, Brian, and I know that I've interviewed you I think the video if it's not already on YouTube is there me certainly I played it on the radio of me talking about your life and career in, in your book uh, but just just give us the short sell then what's it called where do we get it from and what's the best
1: thing about reading it you can get it from Amazon and Waterstones um it, it's it's doing good Good. Um, and it, as I say, it's, it's nice what I'm doing with the City fans and some of the other club's fans have been are to, to doing it. It's called uh, 2,000 Games and a Life in Football that I've I said to you before, I didn't realise that I'd done over 2,000 gold, uh, games until um, Tim Rich told me that fact. And he said there's only two others, Alex Ferguson and Graham Turner, ever done over 2,000 playing 700 games over a 1,000 as a manager and 300 being number two with Phil and a director of football and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's the title of the book and uh, it's just given me a lot of pleasure to do. It's um, and, and for my family as well, for my, for my children, you know, the fact that they're mentioning it and, you know, my mates, which which is where it starts, you know, my mates from when I was like 11, 12 years that I still speak to today, you know, through the week about football mainly. And um, they that's how I started the book, with, with with at St Chad's with those lads like you know, so it just gave me a lot of pleasure to do cheesy and uh, and thanks to mainly a lot of Man City fans that are buying it still at the moment and hopefully enjoying it.
0: We always love you, Brian, and uh, you're very welcome back on the podcast sooner rather than later, because you're you're a fantastic guest. Uh, Say hello to all the branches that you go to, uh, because uh, obviously we're all one family. But uh, thanks very much to Toby, Tony and Brian. Uh, The next podcast will be recorded on the Monday evening. After the Newcastle game So we normally record on a Sunday But because the Newcastle game is on a Sunday itself We'll record on Monday Sean Golter has promised to be the, uh, the guest On next week's show So we'll look forward to that So have a great sporting week And remember this If you only remember one thing from this podcast It's great to be a Blue, isn't it?